We're in Judges chapter 14 this morning. We'll be looking at verses 5 through 20. We're looking at Samson, and he is a man that has a woman problem. Not a singular woman problem, but any beautiful, sexually appealing woman, whether she's a Philistine or not, it doesn't matter. Samson, he's on his way down to Timnah, a city of the Philistine, and he's there to court to retrieve a wife, a wife that pleases him well. But Samson's first rest stop on the way is a vineyard. How about that? So let's read uh, verse 5 through 20 in chapter 14 of Judges. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and his mother, and he came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. Though he had nothing in his hands, but he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands, and he went along eating. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of a lion. So his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there, for young men used to do so. And it happened when they saw him that they, were, they brought 30 companions to be with him. Then Samson said to them, Let me pose a riddle to you. If you can correctly solve and explain it to me within the seven days of the feast, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. And they said to him, Pose your riddle, that we may hear it. So he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now for three days they could not explain the riddle. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband that he may explain the riddle to us, or else we will burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you invited us in order to take what is ours? <clears throat> is that not so? Then Samson's wife wept on him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not explained it to my father and my mother, so should I explain it to you? Now she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it happened on the seventh day that he told her, because she pressed him so much, then she, then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people. 
So the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Nice little saying. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ascalon and killed 30 of their men, took their apparel, gave the chains of clothing to those who ex he had explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused, and he went back to his father's house. And Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. Quite the story. Samson, he's in a vineyard where grapes grow. You will recall that Samson is a Nazarite. No wine, no grapes, yet Samson is there in a vineyard. And to his surprise, a lion comes roaring out against him. First of all, it's unusual that a lion would hang out in a vineyard. So there is definite spiritual overtones that are going on around Samson, and he's totally oblivious to them. Peter tells us in his epistles, Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Samson, he is completely out of the will of God, and he is physically where he is not supposed to be. Samson is in a forbidden place, down in a Philistine vineyard. And he has a lion come out and attack him. But notice the grace of God here. God in his grace towards Samson gives him the spirit of might and strength. And Samson tears apart this lion with his bare hands. Killing the lion in the process, breaking the Nazarite law and vow that he uh, had upon his life. And he is not to touch a dead animal, but he has just killed an animal. This lion should have been a warning to Samson. It should have been one great giant flag that went up in his life, like, watch out, Samson. Samson should have realized God has protected him in an awesome way by giving him strength. Maybe, Samson, you should turn around and go home right now. The first this is the first time that the Spirit of God in strength has come upon Samson. And I believe it becomes his downfall. The very gifting of God in his life has now been a pride issue with Samson. We know that God by his Spirit gives gifts to each and every one of his people each and every Christian has a gift from God. And the gifts and the, of God and the calling of God are without repentance, meaning he doesn't take them back. 
Samson, he's been separated to God as a Nazarite. He's experienced this supernatural strength from God. And it's interesting to note that it's God's spirit that comes upon him and gives him strength. Samson was probably just an average height and weight of a person of his day. He doesn't have the physique, I don't believe, of this Hercules-type guy. And he tears apart this lion. No weapon, no tree limb to beat on the line with. Apparently, he did not even carry a staff, which was common in those days, to carry. So Samson literally tears apart this lion. Now, I live out in the country, and we have what we call shoulderless critters, snakes. Last week, it rained, so I'm walking down my drive to see my rain gauge, and there, slithering across my driveway, is a small viper. He's about one foot long. Not very big. <laughs> but I don't have anything to smash him with. If I run back to my shed to get a shovel, he's gone, lost in the weeds. And I look carefully to see if this little guy is poisonous or not. Yep, he's got the diamond-shaped head. So I look at him and think, what am I going to do? I can't let him live. So I stomp on him. And I have my slippers on just to show you how courageous I was. Slippers stomping snakes. And I'm like Samson. I'm feeling pretty mighty right now, you know. <laughs> now don't condemn me about stomping on a snake. Snakes and I have an agreement. If I see a snake, I am duty-bound to try to kill him. I live out in the country. That's just the way it is. Now, I've killed more than one or two snakes around my place, usually with my lawnmower. I just mow them. That's pretty easy. Or I'll go get a garden hoe or a shovel, and I'll, I'll do damage to them. But this was my first stomping of a snake. Did I mention I had my slippers on? Moving along. <laughs> Samson's experience of God's strength, it entices him. It makes him think he's special. But he has hidden the slaughter of the lion from his parents, and he continues on his way to court the Philistine beauty. And we read that she pleased Samson well. And as we read of Samson's great strength from God, we cannot help but notice how it's in contrast to his weakness of the flesh. I think it's human nature for us to be delighted 
to be charmed by forbidden things. Example. Those speed limit signs along the roadside, they're a suggestion. They don't really mean 45. So we're enticed to go at least five miles faster than that. Samson's parents, they want him to find a good Jewish girl, a young woman of his own people. But where is the thrill in that? And even though God will use the Philistine women to bring Samson into foolish behavior, God is still with Samson. He hasn't pulled back his gifting, his anointing. So we see the patience of God with Samson, and it's amazing. Samson, he goes back to the lion's carcass, and there's a honeycomb in it. And Samson not only touches this dead animal, which was forbidden for a Nazarite, he now eats honey that come out of this dead body of a lion. He gives mom and dad some of the honey, this forbidden honey, but he doesn't tell them where it came from. But Samson and his parents, they're on a mission. They're going down to an engagement party for Samson, for Samson is there to acquire a Philistine bride. He's there among the Philistines, but he hasn't brought presents for his groomsmen, which was a custom in that culture to do. And it's also a culture today for for a groom to give his groomsmen presents. And Samson is now boasting in a, in, a, in kind of a little clever way. He's given a riddle to the to the, his 30 groomsmen, you know, he's, I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing if you can solve my riddle. And if you can't, you've got to give me 30 changes of clothing. And here's the riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. And the groomsmen, they have seven days to solve this riddle. It's amazing to me that even after the translation from Hebrew into English, that this riddle still rhymes. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, the Philistine groomsmen, they cannot solve the riddle, so they threaten to burn the bride's house and her in it along with her family. Tell us the answer to the riddle or we're going to burn you in your father's house and we're going to burn it with fire. That's a general motivation, you know, okay. And she is now determined to find the answer for obvious reasons. And Samson's future wife, she begins to weep upon him, declaring, you only hate me. You do not love me or else you would share the riddle with me. She prevails. 
her constant weeping, her pleading, throw in a little pouting perhaps. She probably pouted a little. And when she receives the answer to the riddle, she immediately tells her fellow Philistine friends. And they go to Samson with the answer to the riddle. But Samson, he's not dumb. He knows their source of knowledge. And he says, if you had not have plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. <laughs> a heifer is simply a female ox or cow. Samson is saying, if you haven't, you hadn't worked with her, if you hadn't become intimate with my wife, you would not have solved my riddle. Verse 19. This big buff martial arts Samson goes down to Ascalon, a city of renown, and while Samson is away killing Philistines, and he's in a rage, his wife is being given to his best man, one of his groomsmen. And the clothes and the linen garment that Samson gives to the groomsmen, it has bloodstains on it from their fellow Philistines. But time goes by. Samson's temper, it subsides, and now Let's read the first three verses of chapter 15. And after a while, in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat, and he said, Let me go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit him to go in. Her father said, I really thought you thoroughly hated her, therefore I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she, please take her instead. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Samson has needed time to go by. He's needed time to pass for his anger to subside, to calm down. And he goes a little later to his Philistine wife, and he's got a young goat as a present, kind of a gift. And his bride's father says, Samson, you can't go in to her because I've given her to your best man. This is insult to injury for Samson. We notice that in Samson's cool-down time, he has felt shame and guilt for his behavior. The whole riddle thing and the slaughter of 30 Philistines for their clothing was done by a man of God that is to be a Nazarite. Remember now, a Nazarite is a person separated to God. In Samson's wrath and anger, he goes on a rampage. And he goes against Israel's enemies. That doesn't make it right. And the anger and wrath of Samson towards the hated Philistine 
does not equal God's righteousness. James tells us about this in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. I'll read you two verses. So when my beloved brethren, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. God has given Samson strength, super strength that he promised to him. But Samson has used that strength from God, not only in a careless way, but in a foolish way. And he will continue to do this all the days of his life. Wrath, severe anger, can place a person in an altered state, like being drunk, perhaps. When a person is consumed with wrath, regretful behavior will come forth. Scripture tells us, be angry and sin not. That's a difficult thing to do, to be really angry and not sin. And we hear Samson say as he seeks revenge, he's thought about it, he thinks I'm going to get them for this. And he says, this time I will be blameless. That indicates that Samson has felt guilt. Samson has regretted his riddle. He's regretted the slaughter of the 30 Philistines. But he doesn't repent. He only feels guilt. Repentance would have been the chosen behavior for Samson. But Samson, he only looks for a way now to display his strength and wrath. He's consumed with foolish rage. Read ahead in chapter 15 and you will see what I'm talking about. The foxes and the fires in the wheat field and so forth. But the lessons for Samson's life, they are so straightforward, you can't miss them. And there are how not to handle the gifting of God and his spirit upon your life. Each and every one of us is gifted by God, by his Holy Spirit, when we become a Christian. We can be like Samson using our gift foolishly, or we can glorify God with our gifting. Now, I have a lot of people that will say to me, I do not know where I'm gifted, and I can understand that. Gifting of the Spirit is usually not in an area where I consider myself Talented. Gifting is usually apart from anything we think we're talented in. About 30 years ago, I become really involved in Modesto Calvary Chapel, and I went to my pastor and I told him, I'll do anything I can to help you. I want to be a help around here. 
except teach. Don't ask me to teach. So God, in his sense of humor, led me to be a pastor teacher. (laughs) And here's the truth. Here's the real nugget. If you receive anything from my sermons, it's definitely of God. And to God be the glory. And that can be very true of your life also. If there's to be anything good come out of it, it will be of God. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, thank you for loving us enough to give us your Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving us enough to gift each and every one of us. And Lord, I'm, I'm sure there's people here that do not know where they're gifted. I pray, first of all, that that will be an issue that you settle with them, that you will begin to show them your gifting upon their life. And then I pray, Lord, that we will be obedient to that gifting and walk and serve you in a way that's pleasing to you. We want to be used for you in your kingdom, Lord. We want you to give our life meaning for your glory and for your honor. So, Lord, help us cause our hearts to stir up the gift that is there already by your Spirit. Lord, we want to be doing good works for your kingdom. And Lord, we depend heavily upon your gifting to do those good work. So lead us and guide us, Father. And thank you again for pouring out your gifts upon us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.